with the Holy Words, peace. Peace be multiplied. A lot of things that we do here in messages, it makes us uncomfortable, but that's what church should have been. And you remember last week I said, folks be telling me, I went to church, we had church. I ain't into that. And we dealt with domestic violence. We do that all three weeks, right? And then the fourth we'll do uh, breast cancers. But it is amazing to me about domestic violence and what it's done to this country and what it's done and it does to people. And so this is a lecture. Say lecture. Lecture. Uh, This lecture is about some of you all sitting in here. The reason you have been stagnant in your life is what happened to you when you were a child. And some of you in here are struggling because of the way you were treated as a child. And, And especially in certain cultures, we don't believe, not we, they don't believe in psychology and psychiatry and and counseling and all those things so people live and die here because what's happened to them and domestic violence is very unpopular uh, to teach in the churches so pastors skip over it you know uh, you hear people because y'all know me right you'll hear people talk about all kinds of other people I'll just use this well I'm not gay the pastor said but he beats his wife the deacons say, well, I'm not, I don't lie, I don't do this, but he molests his nieces, nephews. Oh, it happens in the church just like any place else. And so we're not going to hide from anything in this church because I've had the counsel, and some of you in here know what I'm talking about. Some of you have talked to me that you're in your 40s and 50s still struggling with what happened to you as a child. And uh, uh, we're going to educate you today of the power that that has over a child's life. Now, it doesn't, don't get uncomfortable now if you've been in that situation, understand, don't get there again. Right. Too many young ladies, when you come to church, and young men too, but come to church, these kind of messages make you uncomfortable, but you ought to be uncomfortable so you don't get in an uncomfortable situation. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen to that. All right, so I'm going to read, we're going to read you something. First of all, what domestic violence is. Domestic violence is violence or aggressive behavior within the home, typically involving the violent abuse or emotional abuse of a spouse, a partner, or children. And too many young people, spouses, and children are under abuse, emotional abuse. And emotional abuse is just as dangerous as physical abuse. And some of us my age, if you're probably over 60, you remember uh, when the parents would always say, I'm going to whip you. Now, where'd that come from? Or I gave my child a beating. Where'd that come from? Do you understand? And then sometimes in the church, stay with me, in the church they use that scripture, uh, spoil the, uh, spare the rod, lose the child. But I'm going to educate you. There are three rods that we don't talk about. The rod of knowledge, the rod of wisdom, the rod of understanding. Do you understand what I'm saying? But so people will take that scripture, spoil the rod, to be able to use that to deal with the child. 
But the scripture tells us never to deal with our children unless Christians, unless we dealing with it with the spirit of love. That's right. And when you dealing with, with the spirit of love, then anger is out the window. Because anger and love can't be in the same household. Do you understand what I'm saying? And a lot of us in here and a lot of you in here say amen to when I get through with this. Have you, if you would have had the rod of wisdom, you would have made better decisions. You see, if you if you'd had the rod of understanding, you would have made better decisions. Uh, the Bible tells us to teach our young people with a problem that with a lot of adults, they can't teach their young children because if you don't know nothing, you can't teach nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this is going to be boring to some of you, but I hope it, it saves some, one family and delivers one somebody. Hope more than this, we need to make a change. Right. There's a thing called generational curses. It's time to break these generational curses right. and these people going dealing with what they have to deal with. Oh, here we go. These are statistics. Here are 10 startling t statistics about children of domestic violence. And we're talking about children today. And I'm going to stop him here. We may not get through just to 10. We may not get into Scripture, but is that okay? Yeah. All right. Somebody been abused in here. They know what I'm talking about, and they're glad I'm doing this. All right. Five million children witness domestic violence each year in this country. Each year in this country. Five million. Keep going. Forty million adult Americans grew up living with domestic violence. Children from homes with violence are much more likely to experience significant psychological problems short and long term. And now we wonder why all of this killings and stuff is going on in the, huh? Why all these young people are shooting each other up? There's your answer. They're angry. They're angry. Okay, here we go. Children who've experienced domestic violence often meet the, diag the diagnostic criteria for post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Did you all know that? Keep, keep going. And the effects on their brain are similarly to those experienced by combat veterans. It's the same thing that somebody went through at Iraq. It's the same feeling and emotional trauma some kid is going through in his household. That's crazy. All right. Domestic violence in childhood is directly correlated with difficulties learning, lower IQ scores, deficiencies in visual motor skills, and problems with attention and memory. And so what we do is you want to punish the kid for not getting good grades. It is the environment that the kid's coming out of is the reason they can't get the good grades. You know, people get talk to me all the time, say, so, oh, I'd do something with that child. I said, no, I need to do something with that parent. Right. All right. Living with domestic violence significantly. Listen to this. Listen to this. Significantly alters a child's DNA, aging them prematurely seven to ten years. That's terrible. And so we look at these kids and we wonder why some of these kids can't get good grades, why some of these kids are acting up in school. Here you go. It's the household they're coming out of needs to stop. And the church needs to be the first place it needs to stop. When I hear about uh, pastors and priests molesting children and doing things to children, it makes my, turns my stomach. The one safe haven you ought to have is in church 
but really the really one first place ought to be is in your house. Amen. And some people, the most dangerous place they got is in their house. Well. I talked to a young man once, and he was telling me how his father would beat him like a man, whip him like a man. And he's still dealing with, he's still dealing with these issues today, and he's 70 years old. Right? I'd done a, a Sunday school class once, excuse me, a Bible study once, and I was teaching about the, fa- the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven. And one of the members who's passed away now came to me and said, when you said Our Father which art in heaven, it turned me off immediately because of what my father done to me. That's right. All right, here we go. Children in homes with violence are physically abused or seriously neglected at a rate 1,500% higher than the national average. You see what's going on? We got the answer. That's why we have all this. When we deal with, I think, a safe haven, and, and when they do stuff over there and look at and it's amazing to me that a woman can be put out of her home with her children and have to go to a place like that, and the man's in the house. If two men get in a fight, you can get sued. You can whip a wife or a girlfriend or something and get 17 hours. Oh, that's in, that's in Gladstone. 17 hours and they let you out. Right. Look it up. All right? Are y'all uncomfortable or are you learning something? All right. Those who grew up with domestic violence are six times more likely to commit suicide and 50% more likely to bruise drugs and alcohol. There we're at, because killing the pain. Killing the pain. Killing the pain. See, I hate the word suicide, but we'll use it. They commit suicide, but we ought to say the parents killed them. That's right. That's right. All right. If you grew up with domestic violence, you're 74% more likely to commit a violent crime against someone else. Because it's a learned behavior. If it's acceptable in my household, it should be acceptable in the society or in the culture. There's certain things that are acceptable in cultures because these are learned behaviors. Am I doing all right? And lastly, children of domestic violence are three times more likely to repeat the cycle in adulthood. And that's what happens. You learn, it's a learned behavior. I grew up in a household like this, but it must be all right for me to raise my children like this. So we've got to break the generational curse. And it, it's amazing. Instead of pointing fingers at the young lady that goes back and forth and leaves and goes back and forth and how we do, you know, we become the judges and the jury for people. We need to get a greater understanding of why these people do these things emotionally. See? Maybe that young lady, that young man has been in domestic violence and they've hurt and they're bruised and they're wounded and they're taking the drugs to do what? To kill the pain. Yes, it's just temporary, but it's temporary uh, more than what they usually have. Does that make sense what I'm saying? We need to point the finger at, and sometimes it's the church. That's right. Sometimes it's the church. We need to get with the church and, and say, hey, wait a minute. Because when I, I'm going to give you the statistics, maybe I'll do it next week, of, of the, how many, last year, you all remember, look at me, last year we talked, I used an incident that a young lady went to her pastor, and her pastor would talk to her and use the scripture that God, what God has put together, let no man asunder, and she got key, the man, her husband killed her two weeks later, 
And see, listen to me, all of you ought to hear that when they walk, when it says, let that that God has put together, let no man asunder. That's scripture, isn't it? God didn't put that dude in your life. Say what God has put together, not what you put there. Huh? You understand what I'm saying? Because if God puts somebody in your life, they will not abuse you. They will not abuse you. They'll come with the spirit of love, and love never hurts anybody. Love never asks for something that's not its own. Love never puts pain on anybody else. That's what real love is. Does that make sense? All right. Again, children of domestic violence are three times more likely to repeat the cycle in adulthood. Some of you ought to be listening to me instead of talking. Look at your name. Look at somebody next to you and say, listen to the pastor. We'll talk later. Yeah, 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 all right. Too much gap, too much talking going on here. All right, let's read that again. Don't let me call you out now. All right, let's go. Again, children of domestic violence are three times more likely to repeat the cycle in adulthood as growing up with domestic violence is the most significant predictor of whether or not someone will be engaged in domestic violence later in life. What you're doing right now with your children is going to affect them later on in their life. We need to get real about this. And we need to get it at a young age. And let me tell you, women, look at me, ladies. You all are the worst at it. You, I've heard women say, well, I'd rather have, he's, he's good when he's not. No. If he ain't good 100% of the time, he ain't good no time. That's right. That's right. You see? You see? You see? Get a, get, a, get, a, get a cat or a dog. Teacher. That's right. They'll curl up with you. That's right. Mine jump on. Oh, yeah, because y'all know I go there now. That's right. We need to stop it, and we need to get serious about it, because this is out of hand. It's out of control, because we're afraid to deal with the issues. And some of you here know what I'm talking about. It, it doesn't have to be just parents. It can be brothers and sisters doing that to someone, and it alters their life. That's right. It's a life-changing experience when we do that. And in this church here, we're not afraid to deal with these issues. We have some beautiful young ladies in here. There's a bunch of them over there. We have some beautiful young ladies in here. I would rather be by myself than be with half a man. You see? You see? Anybody, you know. Let me tell you something. And men get abused too. I don't dig that, but they say men get abused too. You understand? You see, the way I'm taking care of myself, I don't think so. I'm not, somebody going to be jumping on, beating on me? No, for no reason at all. Period. Sister Gwen will tell you, I never, my kids have never heard, she's never heard me raise my voice at her. Period. Since I've been saved, it can be done. Yes, it can. And if you're in Christ Temple North, we live what the Bible says. That's right. This is our commentary. All right, here we go. That's what the Bible, just talk about children, all right? You've all heard these scriptures before, but I'm on a road today, Sister Cozy, because I've seen it in my lifetime with some people in this, there's some people in here that I know that, are, that could be done in some great things, but they got paralyzed by domestic violence from a sister or a brother or father or mother. It is a fact. Right? But we don't deal with that in here. We don't come in here to jump and shout. We come in here to get our lives together so that we'll have a good life and we can jump and shout at home. Amen. Uh huh? Amen. Right? That's right. right. Here we go. 
Turn to Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read verse 6 from the NIV and then from the message. And I've seen some people bringing children in here today, and I'm glad you've done that. That's a blessing. It don't have to be. The Bible says we are huh, mothers to the motherless and fathers to the fathers. We need to quit saying I don't have any children. If you're a Christian, you got children. Amen? Amen. All right. Jesus was talking to children, and he says that if anyone causes one of these little ones... Those who believe in me to stumble, mm -hmm. it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. So that's what Christ thinks of you, abusers. That's what he, th that's what he thinks of you. You guys thought I was tough. Look at Jesus. Jesus is going to kill you. You know you'll drown if you got something like that. You're going to drown. He's talking about drowning you. So right. that means he loves children. You see, as a Christian, if we preach the Bible right and we teach the Bible right, listen to what I'm saying, we wouldn't have any domestic violence, wouldn't we? Right here, take, this wipes out all domestic violence. And this is why y'all love me. Say, I love you, Pastor. Love you, Pastor. That's why you quit dating these people who don't go to church and who are not saved right. because they have different rules. But if you are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, these are the rules. Uh, don't quit coming to church because your boyfriend doesn't come and, and pastor say that. This is, I'm just trying to teach, right? That's right. Yeah, he, you go every place with him, y'all be able to go someplace with you. That's right. <laughs> yes, here we go. The message says it this way. But if you give them a hard time. Talking about children. Bullying or taking advantage of their simple trust. And you know, children are innocent. Children are innocent. They're innocent, and we take advantage of their trust in us. We're supposed to protect them, not abuse them, all right? Scripture says, you'll soon wish you hadn't. You'd be better off dropped in the middle of the lake with a millstone around your neck. That's what the Bible says. Doomed to the world for giving these God-believing children a hard time. So don't give your children, this is what the Bible's telling us. Do you know if you have a, child, a child and you raise a child in a loving home, it would become a loving, a young adult and a loving parent one day? That's right. All right? Bible says hard times are inevitable, mm -hmm. but you don't have to make it worse, and it's doomsday to you if you do. In other words, it's, it's hard enough just being a young person. We don't need to make it worse. We're supposed to take some of the load off. Is that something? You see, and it's a difficult thing, and some, I, I was so, in, um, uh, in, but there's some good fathers in this church. Yes, they are. There's some good fathers in this church. Yes, they are. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And there's some good mothers, and there's some good parents in this church. And, you know, when I was looking at uh, a certain uh, 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 young man that I'm watching him get ready to go to the service, he's going to go to the Air Force, and his brother is a, a football player, and I won't call names, I don't want to embarrass him, uh, two different ways. But both of them are successful. You see, it's just, you, can't, you ain't got to be an athlete. Now, come on here. You ain't got to be an athlete. You can be successful over here just like over there. Because you know why you don't want to be an athlete? Say why, Pastor. Y'all got doctors, ain't you? That's right. Huh? You go to the grocery store, don't you? You know, you know, that food, they don't just put a button on and them apples and oranges and, and, and carrots and, and broccoli and all that stuff. Somebody does that, right? So, but these two different boys went two different directions and they got an opportunity to be successful in two different ways. 
You can't come out of a messed up place and make that. You got to, something has to happen someplace. And guess what? Uh, and they both saved. Come on. And, 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 and when they get old and I'll be on the other side, they'll be saying, I remember Brother Johnny or Pastor Fields when he told us such and such. He grew up in church. That's right. It works. That's right. We have some young ladies and young men in here. I'd love to see these young people coming here and sitting here getting something. There's one thing that I know they won't forget me. And families in here that uh, we love. We grew up in here with me. I, I grew up with them. And they've raised their children. You all know what I'm talking about. And you're sitting together as a family. You've got to go through something. You're going through it as a family. But you're going through it as a Christian family. With the Holy Spirit assisting you and in partnership with what you're doing. Because you grew up in church. That's how it works. That's how it works. This is real here. You see, they've learned how to serve God. They've learned how to listen to the Spirit as a family. All right? And they've learned how to love pastor in season and out of season. Go ahead with it. (laughs) Here we go. Now turn to Luke chapter 18, verse 15 through 17. This is a scripture we use at christenings to show the love that Jesus had for, for children in another way. And it said, people were bringing their babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. See, there's always somebody in church. These church folks. They want to say who, who pastor can bless and who he can't bless. Well. A few years ago, they brought a baby to me, congregation, look at me. And the baby was out of wedlock. And the church that they were in, the pastor wouldn't christen the baby. And they asked me what I would. I said, well, sure. Ain't got nothing to do with y'all. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bring that baby on in here. And we bless that baby. That's right. I've done it three or four times in other situations where church doctrines, you know, because they, they got all that. That's, that's man-made stuff. Yeah, how am I going to turn away from the opportunity for blessing a child? You see, I, I felt a privilege that they thought enough of me that Pastor Johnny would do it for them. Because there's two people like blessing children, me and Jesus. And there's two people that didn't care what the adults said, me and Jesus. That's right. All right, here we go. In verse 16, Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He said, y'all need to start, maybe you want to look at those children and see their innocence and see how they care. You know, the little children say, yes, Jesus loves me. I mean, the, the, the tenderness of that. We need to act like that. That's right. All right? Truly, when, I tell When you. I do this, I want somebody to go back here and bring all the little, little bitty kids up. You'll see me do this with my left hand, not my right. I use that all the time. <laughs> here we go, all right? Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. You want to see something sweet? We'll bring them in here. You need to go back here and look at them little babies back there. Paint. You need to be the same way about Christ. That's right. They believe it. Those little kids believe it. Only part, only part is the sad part is sometimes the only God they see physically is their parent. Someone once said the first God that a child sees is his mother. Unfortunately, some of them get the wrong mother and the wrong father, but not in here, right? 
Because when they look at, we're going to be those kind of parents, right? Okay. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 1 to 4 from the voice. And this is for the children. It says, now to you, children. That's for you, young adults. Obey your parents in the Lord. Now here's the key. 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 In the Lord. Now, here's what happens. Look at me. Look at me, church. Too many people use that scripture and get people in a molesting type thing. They won't no, it says in the Lord. In the Lord. Don't ever forget that part. We preach over that part. It's in the Lord. If the parent ain't in the Lord, you can't obey them. That's right. If you in the, you understand what I'm saying? And that, so, you know, well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that we're supposed to obey our parents and, and my parent. And you know what goes on in households sometimes. No, 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 no. The Bible says obey that parent that's in the Lord. That's right. All right? You know, see, and, and, and we need to teach to obey those that are in the Lord. Because just because you're in a church doesn't mean that everybody in the church is in the Lord. And that's from the pastors to priests. We know how that thing goes down. Right. No, they've got to be in the Lord. All right? Does that make sense? In the Lord. Say that. In the Lord. In the Lord. All right. The Bible says, because this is right in God's eyes. Yeah, this is right in God's eyes. When you obey a parent that's in the Lord, because that parent that's in the Lord is going to teach you to have a relationship with the Lord. And the parent that's in the Lord will not abuse you or misuse you. That's right. All right. Or grandparent. This is the first commandment onto which he added a promise. Honor your father and your mother, and if you do, you will live long and well in this land. And I've told people, you, the worst thing you can have is a praying mama. You don't want a praying mama if you want to act a fool. Because if you got a praying mama, you're going to get caught. That's right. Yeah, because mama's prayers have ended some folks up in jail. Well. Yeah, my, you take care of my baby. You know, mama be praying, sister Kim, take care of my baby. God said, all right, I'm putting him in prison. Right. Oh, yeah, this is true. That's happening here. You see, you understand what I'm saying? And I want to live a long life. And, and, and see, and this, these disobedient children, y'all young people, disobedient children, we've had five women killed last week. Y'all know that in Kansas City. These folks, who, what do you do at 3 o'clock in, in the morning? Well. You, you're saying you're 19, you're 17, 16 years old. Somebody's not obeying that parent. Right. And listen to me, when you disobey the parent that's in the Lord, you're on your own. That's right. You don't want to be on your own. You have no protection, all right? Boy, that made people just kind of squirm. Every time I got a knot on my head, I was being disobedient. That's right. All right? Amen. I even have a child out of wedlock being disobedient. And my mother told me. That's right. Cost me all those. Didn't have to. Didn't go to college. Didn't take the scholarships. Didn't do any of those things. And had a baby at 17 and a half, 18 years old. I had been disobedient. That's right. yeah. I'm talking about me. Y'all ain't got to get nervous about that. I ain't nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Some of y'all, I got a son, 54 years old. So you know, I, you know, I had to be having him at a young age, brother DJ. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, being disobedient. Yes, being disobedient. Being disobedient. I got a young lady. You know, we always say she got pregnant. No, I got a young lady pregnant at 17. 
right? Cost me. Blessing to y'all, but it cost me. God turned my life around, now I'm your pastor. But I probably could have went to college and got an easier gig. Go ahead. It says in verse 4, he's going to pick on fathers. Okay. It says, and fathers, do not drive your children mad. The NIV says exasperate, which means to irritate. Quit, don't be irritating your kids. Annoy. Annoying your kids. Anger. Anger. Enrage or provoke. You sit down and teach. Every mistake is a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. You see? How are you going to raise a child and a child ain't going to make no mistakes and you know where you came from? Some, 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 some of you on here know what I'm, what I'm saying. You never, your parent never set you down with a teaching moment. You weren't taught. Well, some of the parents didn't know themselves. But they teaching moments. From now on in this church, this ain't time to make the child angry. This ain't time about whipping somebody. This ain't time about punishing. It's a teaching moment. That's right. That's right. All right? But yeah. see, fathers, you can't teach a child how to live God, a godly life if you ain't living a godly life. And you can't live a godly life unless you come to church. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. How can they hear unless they have a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's been sent? That's gospel. That's right. That's, right. That's gospel. All right? Again, the Bible says don't do that, but nurture them in the discipline and teaching that comes it, from it, the Lord. It says nurture them. That's the left hand, y'all. It says, nurture them. If I can look at me. Left, right. Okay. <laughs> it says, y'all love me? You got to love. Do you come here because there's no other place like this one? All right. All right. Come out here. But it says, it says, nurture them. Isn't that right? You can't nurture somebody if you ain't got nothing on your plate. That's why we come here. That's right. Because we come here to learn and to grow. Amen? Amen? Here we go. I have no idea where I'm at. Where I'm at. Away from the children. No, no, I'm good. We're in Colossians. Okay. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 20 and 21 from the voice. Children, obey your parents in every way. The Lord is well pleased by you it. You see, and here's the problem. Some children are obeying their parents in every way, but the parents ain't in the Lord. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we're talking about people that are in the Lord. All right? I told her she could do that. So make sure you get me and get this side. All right? Come on. You can have fun and, get, and learn, can't you? That's right. All right. Again, fathers, don't infuriate your children so their hearts won't harbor resentment and become discouraged. You got to know it's a fine line. It's a very fine line. You can, you can rip a heart out and rip a spirit out. Listen to me. Somebody say amen to this. You know what I'm talking about. You can, you can break a spirit. You can break a, you can break a child's spirit, and you That's break right. them at an early age. That's right. you got, they'll carry that for the rest of their life. Right. Got to be very careful with that. It's a fine line, people. Fine line. Don't discourage. You're supposed to encourage. All right? Your kid doesn't want to play football, basketball, baseball. You encourage them to do something else. Don't discourage them and say, well, you should be such and such. I'm going to tell you all a little story here. My brother, I'll let you all know, that my brother hasn't spoke to me since 1966. Y'all know how long ago that is? Because him and his father, which is my stepfather, got into it over me. And his step, his father looked and said, why ain't you like, they call me Chet, why ain't you like Chet? 
because he wasn't into sports. And he's not spoke. He didn't come to his mother's funeral, and he didn't come to his father's funeral. Right, he hasn't called his sisters, all because of that. And I wasn't even in town. I, had, I was someplace else. But that's what, a, that's what can happen when a parent challenges a child to be like another child. Well. Each child has their own path. And you're supposed to help and encourage that child to walk that path, not discourage that child because you wanted that child to be something that child wasn't created to be. Amen to that. Amen. All right. And finally, turn to Proverbs chapter 17. I'm going to read verse 6. And it says that grandchildren are the crowning glory and ultimate delight of old age. And, and nothing like grandchildren. They, they gave us them little videos, pictures of my granddaughters going to the homecoming. And they were just looking, you know, because grandparents are the worst parents in the world anyway. You see, they, you know, they, you know, Isaac, Isaac and Marco swear that we are a different parent. <laughs> <laughs> when they were there. they say, "Why we couldn't do any of that. We couldn't even run in the house, which was true. We couldn't jump on anything, which was true. And every time Grandma comes over, to, Brother Travis, every time Gwen comes over, First Lady goes over to visit the kids, she, I know Marco wants to just cringe because sugar time. <laughs> you understand it? Because grandparents, but if you love your children, you'll have beautiful grandchildren, and your children won't keep the grandchildren from you. That's right. But if you don't treat the children right, you won't have any place for them grandchildren. That's a fact. All right. And finally, parents are the pride of their children. Parents, you're the pride of your children. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing when your children love you, respect you. Say amen to that. Come on. Bring them down. Bring my children down. Bring the young folks down here. Yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs>